0: No, he didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On iRacing podcast. It is 2022, Season 1, and we're wrapping up the season. It's Week 12. I am definitely not Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I am Brayden Martin. I am uh, running things tonight uh, as our great overlord from the Lockdown Lads takes a little bit of a rest. And I am luckily joined tonight by one half of the Green Machine. AJ, how are you doing? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me. And also with our resident Oval Specialist, Mr. Tim Corn. How are you? Don't call me an Oval Specialist. like (laughs) Seriously, I'm not even close to it. He's happy to be an overlord. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, good to be. Good to be. Uh, So, I reckon we've got a fair bit to get through tonight with all the new happenings in the R Racing scene. So, I won't spend too long uh, doing this opening, but we do need to say thanks to our very handy sponsors, Brewster.coffee. If you are after a new coffee place or you've been to a really, really good coffee place recently and think that they deserve a little rating, jump onto brewster.coffee and uh, tell us all about your favorite coffee place and why other people should go there to get their wonderful uh, brew in the mornings. So now that we've got all the uh, pleasantries out of the way, what have you been up to, Tim?
2: Not a lot. Um, Didn't race a lot of ovals last week, I can tell you that. Um, we started, started already, haven't we? have already started. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, look, last week was uh, planning for Ann's car and next gen um, because I'd missed the week before, unfortunately, because of um, some work commitments. And um, then, yeah, so it was Ann's cup Thursday night. And then uh, we last night randomly thought um, Tim Harris and myself thought we might try GT3s on a Monday night with. Gentlemen, Sim Racing Club, and that was a lot of fun, to be honest, a lot of fun. I, I don't know if you want me to
1: go into it now, or what do you think, you can, Mr. Host? You can go into it now. I, I heard from a reliable source that apparently I'm not the only person that is a, an apparent sandbagger around here, so <laughs> that's a uh, Roy's call out for me in the V8s every week, is that oh, just sandbag to get into second split, but they put you in second split, is what I hear. No, the rule is, thank you very
2: much, <laughs> the rule is that uh, anyone new starts in second split, and based on my finishing position and the racing, it was perfect, and that's where I should stay. <laughs> uh, but but no, look for, why GSRC works. You you start in second split, and then they based on positioning and based on times and your qualifying time versus your fastest lap time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, there's a calculation to it. I won't go into detail about it. But basically, I yeah yeah went to to GSRC. We place we raced at Imola. I had the Lambo. I haven't done a lot of GT3s. I've I've raced one official, uh, and this would be probably my second race actually in a GT3. Besides, actually, sorry, besides the Enduro that we we did in, with Locked On. So, um, but first race with a Lambo, and it was good. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Quality first, and then uh, went started first. Oh, first, sorry, first lap. Started off well, but then yeah, got to the last corner and stupidly took it too deep, too cut too fine, I should say, and had to slow down. And then um, started to make a little bit of time. I would have lost first place. Started to make a bit of time up, and was still a couple of probably I think a second and a half away from first place, which was Paul. Um, and then uh, somehow lost my back end in the first corner, which you know, I felt really comfortable in that first left rider. And, yeah, lost lost that. And due to the amount of cars that were not far away, I didn't really jump, want to jump back on the track and, and cause any problems and, you know, hit anyone and get in the way of anyone. So I was happy just to sacrifice a bit of time just to get back on there and be safe as, you know, an hour-long race. So just jumped back in there and just focused on being fast as much as I could. And it was good. I, I made up most of the positions back well, – or not most of the positions. I made a fair few positions back. Uh, strategically, I pitted early in, when I caught up to a group that was in front of me, which was uh, – fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth i think it was and um come back out and just pushed really hard for the next couple of laps and was able to get back into fifth and then within the next two three laps i got back into fourth and just stayed there and stayed steady for the rest of the race but look lots of fun uh, a lot of respect within the drivers there was a couple of you know guys in there that recognized that they're probably just a little bit slower than what i was and um they you know were graciously let me past and as i said a lot of respect there and um it was enjoyable, really enjoyable, and I'm keen to to, to race next week. They've put me up into pro next week. Which will be fun um, based on the times. So I might be first. I might be, you know, I'll be pushing to try and get in the top ten. So good challenge and good to do a different car. To be honest, like I love TCRs, and I'm excited about the the new um, Hyundai. That's it's been released tonight, but. Uh, it's also good just to do something different. GT3 is something I've really wanted to get into. I just never felt confident with my last setup. Now I've got no excuses. Um, I've got my new setup and, you know, Tim, Tim Harris is pretty passionate about GT3s as well and loves to race in those. So I'm I'm keen to give it a shot and just see how it goes over the coming weeks. And, you knows? So I might, might stick with it for a bit on Monday nights. Um, I may go back to Aussie car on Monday nights, but at the moment it's, yeah, yeah. GT3s have a bit of fun. And I may give Thursday nights a go as well with OzPass. We'll see, see if the missus will let me. Um, and then, um yeah, and then there's Ansgar, um, which was on Thursday nights, which I won't be doing anymore, unfortunately. But, um yeah.
1: Well, there's, a, there's a few things there to unpack. Um, so, obviously firstly good to hear you're not making any enemies already in the gentleman Sim racing club and uh, just making sure those redresses are uh, not redresses sorry, re-entries are nice and safe and uh, and well wide of the track uh, so that's always a positive but yeah the decision not to race Ann's car I know it's something that Wilco and yourself have talked quite a lot quite a lot about over the past sort of three three four months about the excitement for um, running in the Uh, Cup Series this year and having a real crack at it and everything went so well to start off with, Uh, obviously getting a top 10, was eight at the end of the day in the Daytona 500. So what's changed? What's changed? Well, (laughs) uh,
2: look, to be fair, that was, for me, that was a big thing this year was Anscar. Um, Anscar Cup Series was the number one focus. In my mind, I would settled on the fact that there's a couple of drop rounds that I just can't control, um, and they're they're work related. And over a year, I think that's you know reasonably fair for everyone that races in it. You're going to have a couple of drop rounds. I think, off the top of my head, you've got two or three drop rounds in the Cup Series um, over a period of the whole year. So in my mind, I've settled that I was going to have those, and you know, so there's going to be a couple of times where you're going to lose points or whatever it may because of those reasons. But look, for the, to the credit of Ansgar, they've got. And have 50 different drivers in there, which is just brilliant. Like, well done to them and um, justified because it's an extremely strong series and they've been building that up for years. Uh, but for me, you know, for starting the first round, had a good result. Um, I believe I'm a top 20 driver in that series without a doubt. Um, and that's just not me talking. I'm still learning, still lots to learn. But I feel like that, and, you know, my practice times, my quality, my practice times before the Thursday night race would have put me on pop um, in the top five positions but when we got into quality the the car felt completely bloody different and I don't know why and Walker had the same problem um and I think Walker was actually talking to Ed about it the car felt completely different so it took me literally 95% of the quality of the practice session to get my time to a reasonable time that I was starting to feel comfortable with the car to push it but that still put me in I think 31st so justified I wouldn't have made the 30 anyway but um For me, when I look long-term, for me to commit to a whole season, I wanna be a part of the championship. I don't wanna be 30th in points. I wanna be trying to get into that top 10. Uh, I wanna be top 15 and I've already missed, I missed the first race, sorry, the second race, because I was um, at my work commitment. So that's one of the ones I was happy to write off on. I missed last week because I didn't qualify. Uh, And then there's going to be, there could be, that could happen again next week. It could happen the week after until I finally get in. But by then, by that point, I'm two, three, four races that I've lost points and I'm not in that top 20. And that's the frustrating thing for me is if I raced that second week when I was at work, I was already in the top 20 of the week before, so I was guaranteed a position the second week. Now I've lost that position because I missed one week. I'm out of the top 20. I've got to requalify. And if I've got to keep requalifying for the next two, three, four weeks, that could be two, three, four weeks that I'm missing out on a race. And then I'm out of the championship. Like, it's got, I'm not gonna get those positions back. I don't get what anyone says, unless I finish top five every single race. It's gonna be pretty difficult to get in that top 10, even top 15. I'm not up for that. And as I said, it's, not, it's no it's no criticism of anyone in Ann's car. It's just the way that their system works. It doesn't support what I'm gonna do or what I want to get from it. Um, you know, for me, when I look at it, top 20, if it was my series, it's not my series, but if it's top 20, it's when they're, when they're locking down the top 20 it's too much. It's way too much for a year-long um, series. If it was top five, I think a lot of people would understand that, respect that. Even if you pushed it to top ten, but to lock out top t- like twenty positions of thirty for a whole year, um, and I know that can change based on points, but it just it doesn't work for me. It personally doesn't work for me. Uh, so uh, I'm not gonna like I committed that uh, last week for um, for Vegas, all my. All my practice time last week that I had a chance to do was all focused on Vegas. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to commit that time for the rest of the year and I'll continue, I know I'll continue to get better, I'll continue to get muscle memory, I'll continue to get faster, all that kind of stuff. And that also helps with Wilco because Wilco doesn't get a lot of time to be out of practice. So a lot of the information I work out and what setup changes or whether it's um minor, you know, where you take, you know, where you break, where you accelerate, where you keep your foot on the, the, the gas, all that kind of stuff makes a big difference for a team. But unfortunately, I can't spend that time on there if I'm not going to get the chance to run in the run in the league. But look, it is what it is. It's disappointing because I really, really want to do it. So look, instead of that, I'm I can I can try and commit to Xfinity every single week. Uh, that doesn't go for a whole year; it goes for a shorter period of time. Um, I don't need to put as much practice in with that, um, and I'm not overly concerned. Like I'm not as worried about it. And you know, maybe we'll look at it next year. Who knows? But um, we'll see how things change. Um, yeah. Yeah, like it is what it is. It is what
1: it is. Yeah, and I know Anne's car have obviously heard this from a few people as well because they have put together a potential solution which we'll hear a little bit more about later in the news and also the one and only car with you will give us some information about it as well. So it is a bit of a shame because I was definitely looking forward to keeping track of you guys on the Thursday nights and I know how much you uh, guys have put work into... The Daytona and then also, you know, the round last week. But I guess same sort of thing when your practice almost meant nothing and you start again fresh and you don't have that experience, maybe like some of the other drivers at the moment where you can just translate that into an insane quick flat time and get yourself in. It does make it really hard. I do think if possible, like maybe locking in the top, if you did want to lock in the top 20, that maybe that would need to happen after round six or maybe after a drop round's been applied or something. So, and I guess the allure of NASCAR, in my opinion, for a lot of people, is you don't need to be fast to win. You can do it via racecraft, and you can qualify 25th and still win a race by keeping mm. your nose clean and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and this almost goes against that in a sense by locking those kinds of people out so early um, based on qualifying so early in the cup season. But like I said, it's NASCAR's league and I'm sure they'll review how the year goes at the end of the year, um, and I'm sure it'll be a talking point at then if mm-hmm. it's something they can do differently um, yeah. later in the season as well. All and right, the
2: other part, oh. the other sorry, the other part to it as well though is that if it rewards the people who are committed at the start of the season, because those people, if, if for example, you could have a, a group of drivers that typically would run towards the back of the pack, uh, and just because they turn up every single week at the start of the season, but they register points. That puts them into that top twenty positions, top fifteen positions, whatever it is, just based on the fact that they turned up. And no doubt, obviously, there's some racecraft in there. They may have been lucky with some accidents. They may have just performed really well. But the thing is, they build up all those points, and then by the time you're getting to mid midway through the year, they've got such a point buffer on some of the other people that it then knocks everyone else and gives everyone else a chance. And they can take, they can afford to take a couple of drop rounds. It's fine for them, and that that's not a good thing for the comp either. So, and that's the thing about locking out twenty people. If it's top ten, typically the top ten, most of the time, are going to be there for 99 percent of the time, of the not ninety five percent of the races. That's that's fair. That's always going to happen in every single league. But outside of that, like, yeah, I don't know. There's a bit of frustration from my side because, to be honest, there's a lot of. Uh, I really was committed to it. I really, really wanted to get involved in it. I really wanted to do well. Um, I was, you know, the eighth that I had at Daytona wasn't, you know, it wasn't me thinking. I jagged that and fluted. Like in my mind, I, I felt felt like I was in a chance to get in the top ten if I just needed to stay clean and drove hard, took my time, wasn't too aggressive. I thought I could have got up there. Not, you know, I was happy with the eighth, and it surprised me. But if I got in top ten, I was I was wrapped, and that would be my target for the rest of the season.
1: I agree. I definitely think you deserved a top ten at Daytona, not because of your driving, because you an amazing spotter. So well done to whoever yeah, that was right
2: mate there was a couple of times there don't oh, actually that was Wilco actually, that
0: was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's enough from you Tim AJ what have you been up to I see on there you've been uh back by uh itching that um endurance scratch
0: yeah yes yeah, so uh I don't know we, we tried the the P2 car um the top split guys a, a long while ago and realized we were terrible and thought we'd just stick to the skippies for a bit <laughs> um but yeah we we got the itch or I, I'd say um The Alex got the itch and and dragged myself and and Scalzi along for a race uh, around Sebring. So the Euro Endurance Series six-hour race around there on um, last Saturday. Um, And, uh, yeah, that was good fun. Realised that we still are not very fast, but, um, yeah, as with all the endurance races, it was um, just about getting to the end, basically, and and doing our best. Finishing, you know, six-hour races is, is just in itself um, yeah so interesting race the, hardly any retirements the, there was two splits because we did the Australian friendly time split um, so you know only probably 60 entries one P1 car uh, who was also a solo driver so wow. he was in our split um, just terrorising the pack uh, about every three or four laps um, you'd see him come around and, uh, and yeah, and then there was about 18 P2s and, and 12 GT, uh, GTEs it was, um, and yeah, all pretty clean racing. Alex, uh, did the first stint. Um, we did triples and so split it into two hours each and unfortunately had a little spin on the first lap and so that put us a bit behind, um, the eight ball and we were just chasing basically for the rest of the race and, and everyone was really clean, you know, not too many accidents. I think, um. Maybe two retirements in P2 right at the end of the race, um, which helped us out a bit, which was all right. Um, and even not too much aggro between GTE and and P2s, and it, it was just a basically, you know, we were just all on there, just hot lapping and um, and and having a good time. But some interesting, you know, Alex always talks about the um, the communication or the silent communication between races, and it was interesting coming up against different teams and, you know, you'd see the the same GTE cars every so often and you'd start to learn what to expect from them. But, you know, we we got a bit frustrated because we were getting to um, P2 cars and us being like second last uh, from, from the start and trying to clear our way back and, um, and try and unlap ourselves. Um, We'd catch up to other cars, but just because you were, you know, down the order, uh, it gives the, the other people sort of that you know superiority complex and and doesn't matter you know you catch up to someone and then you're just sitting and sitting and sitting and you know, oh this is really annoying and not letting me pass and because it wasn't a big um draft in the P2 cars either so you've actually sort of got to either they have to facilitate a pass or you've got to you know, get a bit forceful um so yeah so that was interesting it got a little bit frustrating getting stuck behind some people at times um but that was also fun when, you know, after 10 or 20 laps, we finally got past and everyone in the chat was sort of excited for that little win. Um, and, yeah, and, and the racing was um, really good, as I said. And it, it lasted, out of six hours, about five hours and 45 minutes before the chat. Uh, I think someone maybe made contacts uh, between classes and then, you know, all of a sudden, the P2 drivers are all idiots and the GT3 our gte cars are you know trying to purposely take out p2 cars apparently and all this sort of stuff comes out so once everyone was like yeah okay the race is done the 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 real people behind the mask came out so so that was good fun but um we are definitely looking to keep going on with that and um and give it a good crack and and just try and improve there's a new car for all of us and it's really good fun to drive so
1: we'll see how that goes yeah, I really enjoy the LMP2 car. I know that um something I want to do a little bit more of, um especially looking towards maybe some more endurance races or even just on a on a Saturday night doing the IMSA um endurance races. They were really fun. The one that I did with Vernie, although it didn't didn't go all that well with um me getting spun on the first turn of Watkins Glen and having to tow, and uh, then his uh, PC or his VR turning off and those kind of things didn't help. But it was it's really enjoyable racing and. Um, it is something different in that team aspect always makes the racing so much better. Could we say this is a tune up race for the Sebring 12 hour or? Well, well, Uh, hold on, hold on. There's a, there's a, there's a (laughs) a possible thing
2: happening on the background here that no one's tagged onto in our little chat that we have. There's two green cars that are, well, there's two green drivers that want to do that race. And there's at least two pink and blue drivers that want to do that race.
1: You're trying to say we need a hybrid car?
2: <laughs> well no, no, because they're, they're driving the LMP two.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A hybrid paint job, you know, straight down the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Pink you and like black that. on one side, green on the other. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well that's that's easy enough to fix, but that I don't know. Uh, that,
0: that has happened in the Le Mans series between uh, Top Split and the Milo car. So we have had a half light <laughs> green, a half dark green
1: car. <laughs> oh, you can't you can't have the Milo on there. So like I draw the line at that kind of green, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And there's too many off tracks for the Milo cars, so that won't <laughs> yeah, work. in enjoy. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, we have talked about doing the C Ring Twelve Hour. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm keen to do it, and I'm trying to commit to a few less series at the moment, so give myself more time to do those kind of things. Because that's been the hard thing for me at the moment. Is I feel like I'm doing too many other series, and then I don't really get to commit enough practice uh to the um endurance and then i feel underprepared and and don't don't really want to do it sorry i was just stuttering a little bit there because i've got the uh, east coast v8s in the background chastity stream and i just saw poor old roy get punted in in the, in the background so shout out to you roy when you're listening i did just see that murder that happened <laughs> apologies uh apologies for you um what have i been up to so i haven't done too much i if you're listening last week, you would have heard me complaining about my sore old shin, which has survived the week, so uh, that's been nice, nice to see. So I chucked in a little bit of practice at Zolder on Friday night uh, for the SRW race. Really tough track to drive in the in the V8. Lots of um, sort of half, two third throttle corners, uh, over crests and things like that, which in that car makes uh, for a very unsteady ride and a very easy to um, to get the rear loose. As well as, obviously, the three chicanes, um, which are pretty big braking zones and, you know, quite unsteady um, to drive through. So I did an okay time. I'm normally up sort of the top-ish of the practice sessions, and I was about a second off the really fast guys, um, the split one guys. So that was not too bad. Um, Came race night. And the biggest thing for me I found was not having a setup for the track. So I couldn't find any VRS setups for V8s um, for Zolder. So went with Montreal, uh, which was sort of the best feeling one, uh, as a suggestion from Chasti uh, to try that out. And just changed the gear ratio, I guess it was, to make the gears a little bit shorter because um, Montreal obviously has that long back straight. So Zolder, I was getting nowhere near sixth gear um, with the gear ratio it had. So that cha- made it a little bit easier. Um, uh, didn't do a great qualifying time, unfortunately. Um, well, I say that I qualified second, but, uh, I, I off-tracked, <laughs> I off-tracked a, uh, a lap that probably would have put me about four tenths or pole, uh, yeah, like on pole by about four tenths. Um, so that was a bit of a shame, but know yeah, second's obviously good. Um, Start of race one, it was a normal sprint round, so 20-minute and a 40-minute pole position, got a horrific start, ended up fifth by the first turn, um, and I got a really good start. So drove off and basically had about a two or three-second gap for most of the race, and I was driving pretty conservatively. This is something that was probably interesting, and I'd like to know your thoughts. I actually... I was very conscious of the fact that in the practice sessions, I'd used a lot of my tires. So I was trying really hard to just be driving steady and not sort of as hard as I could, um, sort of trying to drive at that 80, 85%. And I found myself making so many more mistakes trying to drive within myself than I did just driving how I know how to drive. So I was making mistakes here and there. And, um, and eventually, uh, Stefan Lawrence, who's my main um antagonist in the series uh he's currently leading the championship he was 21 points clear of me going into the going into the round and started from pole started to creep his way back up and got back up to second and then the pressure of being only three seconds ahead of him started to creep in but managed to stay ahead and um and keep in front for for as much time as i could um and managed to get the win in the first race which was nice um it was a couple of scary moments a couple of lockups here and there and I was definitely locking up into that double triple chicane thing um, in the last four laps but managed to manage to keep it straight and, and get the win which was nice uh, second race meant starting from 10th because um, reverse top 10 and obviously uh, or oh, sorry Stefan uh, not Stefan uh, Stefan was in ninth and I got a really great start. Uh, jumped up probably three or four spots, was basically pinned up against the left-hand wall. I could have tried to center it on, on Buzzer, the uh, one of the locked-on drivers, but backed out of that and sort of lost a couple more positions. And then there was a con- a bit of a contact into turn two, which sent a couple of cars, including Buzzer spinning, and I managed to just get through, which was nice. So I ended up about fifth or sixth um, after the first few turns. I just sort of worked my way through the field. I, I just didn't feel I had the pace that I've had at other tracks and where I felt like I've been significantly faster than the majority of the field. Um, but managed to be patient, had an okay pit stop and then came out right behind Stefan Lawrence um, or Stefan Lawrence and Daniel Schultz after the, after the pits sort of shook out and it was us three up the front, managed to pick off um, Daniel after he made a little bit of a mistake coming into the first chicane and, um, and got him into the into the next chicane and then basically just sort of sat behind Stefan for the last sort of 10 laps of the race. I could I was basically point between 0.6 and a second behind him for all that time but I just couldn't get close enough to to feel confident to to go for a move and managed to come home in second but it's the first reverse top 10 race where I haven't either killed myself or ended up with a pit lane penalty. So it was nice for me to not take anyone out and you know be patient and and um I guess yeah, you know, get through to the end there was a race control called on me but it, it was uh ended up being a self-penalizing penalty for the guy who um tried to block and cut across my nose so I was I was uh innocent innocent bystander in that one so yeah so enjoying enjoying the V8s uh enjoying them so much I decided to jump in and do my first um V8 official as well so my first official since about January 15th or something. It was the first official since the Raw before the 24. Um, jumped in with Chasty and Paul Young, I think, uh, the Banter Alliance boys. And we did the Nurburgring um, uh, best uh, WC layout, uh, which we raced the week prior in SRW. So I had a bit of experience at the track. We did the America's strength of field race, which unfortunately isn't broadcast anymore. Um, SimSpeed was broadcasting it earlier in the year, but oh, early in the season um, and did okay. I think I qualified ninth or 10th, out-qualified Chasty, although he'd done no practice. So yeah, qualifying in by one position wasn't, <laughs> wasn't that impressive, but managed to out-qualify nonetheless. Um and yeah, had an okay race. Uh, I did get a phone call halfway through, and looked at my watch and missed my breaking marker, and and did <laughs> <laughs> did slide out and um lose it a little bit. So I lost about probably six or seven seconds in that little spin. But ended up coming home eleventh. Didn't lose. Only lost twenty nine i rating. So managed to keep the four k intact for the time being. Um. Yeah, it was nice to get out there and do an official, and it was nice to to drive with Chasty and Paul. They've been hassling me to come do an official for a long time in the V eight, and I uh, finally paid my debts to them. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. A question without notice: Have you guys ever experienced the almost trying to drive slower and more steady than you need to, and end up making more mistakes? Uh, Tim, yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's well, we try and drive slower, but you're almost overthinking it. I think that's the problem. Uh, I found that with the Lambos when I was practicing for Imola, that, you know, particularly the, the uphill, downhill, uphill section, that is all about like momentum and just smoothness. And uh, I, I found that once I got that groove, it was really cool. And, but you still need to be, as soon as you're a little bit tentative with it, you drop half a second straight away. And that's usually what causes you problems, whether you're trying to be too cautious about taking the first um, bump, the ripple strip on the inside, but then it's also the outside. And if you go a little, just a touch too wide, you hit the the outside grass and then you're gone um, or you're not breaking early enough. I mean, so you're breaking too late, but I think when you, you have to think about it and you're trying to push yourself through that section, you actually gain a lot of time on that track. And if, you yeah you're too tentative if you don't gain it and I think I think a lot of the times when I was pushing too hard I found that you know even pushing that a little bit further on the outside you're starting to learn more limits of what the car can do and particularly on the outside of that uphill area there's a lot of seconds. you know it's probably two to three tenths just in that section if you you take the right amount of off track if that makes sense um, on that part but I think if you're too cautious you'll try and step off the the that part and try and stay on the track as much as possible and you, you lose lose a fair bit of time.
1: Alex, you ever had any problems by going too slow or you're just too fast?
0: <laughs> uh, no, of course. Um, it's all about getting to that zen state, I think. Um, for me, I've found it's been quite useful to uh, turn the delta bar on. Well, I don't usually race with the delta bar. Um, but if I want to just get to a level, um, whether that be, you know, pushing as hard as I can or a little bit below, I find the delta is really handy to sort of judge where you're at and especially like corner by corner. You can sort of tune, um, you know, you'll instantly see if the bar's going up or down and you can sort of tune yourself corner by corner um, and, and build up a sort of understanding lap after lap of sort of where you are and how hard you're pushing um, just based on the delta and, and, you know, where it's trending towards throughout the lap. Um, So that for me is really helpful. And then, um, you know, you made a little mention of the sort of starting to become conscious of the the guy behind as, you know, you start to bleed a bit of time. And again, another thing that I've done quite often, especially if I'm out in the lead and, you know, you don't want to start getting the the relative nerves creeping in, is I'll turn the, the lap timing on so that you're only getting an update on that split Basically, just start the cross finish line, uh, cross the start finish line each lap. So it's sort of, you know, that combined with the delta, and just concentrate on doing your own lap. Um, you know, it sort of gets you into that state of I'm just here doing my own thing, and then you only see the update every, uh, you know, once every lap. Then it sort of compartmentalizes those different aspects of, of the racing, and I, I find that's really um,
1: yeah, the control, yeah. So- yeah. It's not a bad point because I know sometimes I'll look at my relative and I'll be like, "Oh, I just lost point three seconds just there," or and then all of a sudden by the end of the lap, I've actually maybe up a tenth, but mm. you know I could very easily have looked at that point three that I've lost and panicked and gone too deep into the next corner trying to get that point three back, or you know whatever it may be. So it is a good point you make. I guess my problem with that is I use caps for my relative and I can't disclose that. I need to find a way to get that <laughs> off my get that off my screen in an easier way. So when you guys are racing. So,
2: forgetting about practice quality, when you're actually racing, what time do you guys watch during the race? So, your personal lap times, how do you measure yourself and what do you use during a, a race?
1: Uh, I don't have my Delta up. Obviously, some cars have Delta on the steering wheel and stuff like that, so the V8 does. So, I, I notice it. it's also on my dash um iphone dash thing that i've got as well um but i don't really try and pay too much attention to it i guess if i look up on uh the jrt on the top monitor i can see my last lap and my best lap um and every now and then i will have a look and see like if there's people in front or behind me i might look at okay my last lap was a 121.7 two guys ahead of me were 121.1s okay I'm not catching them at the moment or or things like that but I don't probably look at my actual lap time all that much to be honest during races
0: yeah for me it's just purely the relative um in 99% of situations like the leagues I'm running in now I'm not anywhere near the first place so don't have to worry about nerves of um you know losing a race um so yeah I just had the relative and as you cross the line you know you got the lap time on the on that black box. Um, so i just have a look at that. Uh, and generally just the car ahead of me. And then if there's a disparity, like, you know, it's a fast car ahead of me. And then there's, cause they've had an accident or something at the start of the race. And then there's, you know, the other two cars ahead that might be slower. Just have a look at those three cars and just see sort of where the field, whether you're getting closer or, or further behind. And I'll just judge the race off that. I don't, I don't tend to worry too much about, you know what P1 is doing or whatever. It's just who's around me at the time, and just you know knock that car off and then look towards the next one.
2: Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because I just don't know. For me, I, like I've done that as well. I've done that and found it's fine, but I also find it's good when I set. I've set a good time, run and run my delta off my session's best lap. So then I can just target myself on that lap if I feel like it's a good lap. Just target myself on that and if i continue to do that kind of lap for the rest of the race i'm i feel pretty good about it but it's just learning things about the timing and delta and you know what should i do what should i focus on should i just not bother uh because then i get to periods where i think going back to your original point right and you know when you get in that groove and you feel like you're comfortable and you're, you're being a little bit more tentative you know you're not attacking so much are you losing half a second there? You're not realizing it until the end of the lap, or you know, if you might be, you might be doing your times, or you might be doing, you know, half a second off your times. Where are you losing that half a second? And to know where that is on that on that lap, I think is always critical. And is it because I'm being tentative through on on Imola, down that downhill uphill section? And you can quickly fix that if you know where that you're losing that. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one.
0: That one, that, that sorry, I was just going to say that's an interesting point because. Um, Say, like, if I'm doing a, a race that I haven't had a lot of practice, then you know, I'll chuck that Delta up and you can very quickly, as I said, tune yourself in to, oh, I've gone a little bit faster that, that time around. Okay, I'll do that next time as well. Um, but it's nearly like the there's the argument for the guys racing in VR, not using the virtual mirror, like the, like the purest sort of thing. Um, and I still use Virtual Mirror just because it saved me so many times from being killed because <laughs> uh, you can still see very well who's coming behind. Um, but with the Delta, for me, then it's like it takes away a little bit of the purity. I, I mean, I know cars have Deltas. Some cars have yeah. Deltas in it. But just having the big green bar, it sort of takes the immersion away. So it's only when I get like into that super serious mode, oh, I'm in first, let's concentrate here and put some hot laps out. Or if I haven't had much practice and I need to quickly learn, that's the only time I'll use the Delta, but you make a good point. Like, you know, I could be losing half a second and not realize. And now that's just made me think, hmm, maybe I need,
1: do need to have it up oh, a bit more often. Oh, great. Now you're making him faster. Tim, Well done. One thing I have done in the fast is, especially if I've had a bad race or I feel like I'm well off the pace, or if I'm not around anyone is chuck it on to um, previous lap and just try to lap, you know, equal to, or, or better than whatever my last lap was. So, that way I'm um, at least, you know, trying to be consistent and, and I'm I can drive within myself. I haven't done that often, but I know in a couple of times in races where, you know, I'm 15th and I, I don't really know the track that well. It's just like, okay, well, the goal is to let's just make this lap better than the last lap and um yep. try not to lose too much time through that. So that's something I have done in the past as well, but but not not, not that not that often. Which
2: doesn't happen often. When when was the last time you were in fifteenth?
1: Um well, the the V8 Superstars on <laughs> the weekend, hey. All right. That's enough of rubbish from us. Uh, about us, anyway, rather. we got a lot of news to cover. So let's get into the news. This week, the news is going to be brought to us by Locked On Lads Discord. So uh, make sure you head over to lockedonlads.com forward slash Discord and jump in and have a chat. There's all kinds of happenings going on there at the moment. There's uh people talking about all these pesky floods all over southeast Queensland and now apparently uh Western Sydney as well. There's um and people <laughs> people talking about uh, building some new computers. Had a little bit of talk about some um, different PC parts, a little bit of RAM, and obviously there's always some people showing off their meat uh, in the cooking channel. So and and sure. the game of the
0: game of the month. It's been the game of the month for <laughs> much more than a month, I think.
1: Right that is a fair yeah. point yeah well there, it depends on which iteration of the game you want to talk about is it Wordle is it Quirtle is it Trotle is it the Purdle? <laughs> which, which one are you talking about
0: I have to say I was so confused when I was seeing those for the first time and I like uh, didn't, I don't follow that and I was just like what are all these green boxes and people doing like, I do not understand what's going on
1: the one thing I must admit is it's ruined my reactions bar because now all my reactions bar is just green and yellow and grey squares yeah. instead of actual emojis so <laughs> It's not great for my reactions bar, but uh, it's something I can live with. Isn't so, it crazy how co- how our co- concept gets launched, and then
2: so many other concepts fall from that as well. So you like the way that you know you share your results from Wordle, and this is obviously no no relation to iRacing. But you're the way that you know you share your results from Wordle, but that now is the same way the results are shared in all that Quirtle and, and this basketball other one that we, we do as well. Um, just, I just, yeah, I love that stuff. I love how, you know, one small thing that, you know, some guy in a room creates for his missus to keep her entertained. He probably could have thought other things entertainer, but thought of a word game during COVID and um, you know, now he's yeah millionaire, billionaire, whatever he is. Anyway, next, sorry.
1: Well, speaking of things that aren't small, we definitely don't have a small (laughs) update this week for iRacing, so I'm just going to run us over a few of the season highlights, and then anything that I've missed, you guys can jump in with afterwards, and we'll we'll get your thoughts on a few things. So, some things that we're getting overnight tonight, uh, well, you would already have them by the time you're listening to this, is some new cars. We've got the Aston Martin Vantage GT4 car, we've got the Hyundai Velocita, so another Hyundai TCR coming to the range. Uh, we've got the iRacing Formula IR04, which is basically the, the new F4 car that's been released. That was leaked a while ago that we kind of all forgot about, um, to be honest. have got the NASCAR Buick LeSabre, the 1987, and you've got your two Brazilian stock cars, the Toyota Corolla and the Chevrolet Cruze. Uh, maybe if we start there, uh, Tim, what are you most likely to be jumping into in this week 13 or, or onwards? Any of those? Uh, don't think so. Uh,
2: look, I GT fours. I don't run them at all. Uh, because there's so many other there's so many cars within this this game now, and you've you can't be a specialist at all of them. You can have fun in most of them, but look, I, I probably will buy the Veloster, um, not the Velocita, the Veloster. Um, just <laughs> Sorry. saying, Brady.
1: Um There's <laughs> too many because, to pronounce. I'm turning into yeah. Wilco. Someone's gonna mispronounce things on here when he's not here. Yeah, you know, no, I'm just just digging in.
2: Uh look, I think I, I like I like the sounds of that coming in TCRs and the TCR category is exciting at the moment and like if as long as they continue to add cars, that'll be exciting. Um yeah four, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh look, I've been thinking about getting into the eighty-seven NASCARs. Uh, I love the way they look on the track. I love the way that you know they look with deliveries, all the different deliveries that guys have been doing. So I've been thinking about getting a car. Would I get the Buick though? Uh, probably not. Uh, but it's exciting for the, another car to be added to that category. Uh, I love the sounds, the, the the sounds of the V8s in the stock cars, the um, Brazilian Pro Series stock cars. But I had zero interest in racing them. I think they look cool on the track. They the design of the cars, I've never seen them personally myself ever before, so it's something new to me, but yeah, no, to be honest no excitement for me, so I won't be purchasing them Uh, and look, at some point I'm going to buy a GT4, at some point, so would I buy the BMW, would I buy the Aston Martin, would I buy the McLaren or would I buy the, what's the other one I'm missing? Porsche, is it? Um, Is it a Porsche? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I really just don't know Um, so yeah, look, out of those, I can confidently say I will buy the Hyundai. <laughs>
1: All right, Tim really has got his grumpy pants on tonight, doesn't no, he? He's, I'm, he's I'm just not, not excited no, about anything. No, no. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm pumped about this new release
2: because there's so much happening, but it just some of it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Like, yeah, we won't go into Winton just yet, but yeah, we'll talk about that soon.
1: AJ, we're going to see you fanging a, a Brazilian stock car around Interlagos anytime soon.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same camp. I'm not sure. Um, I had a look. I, I watched all the videos and stuff, and they do look pretty interesting. Um, but I don't know if I'm too Australian to step away from a V8 <laughs> supercar. Um, yeah, look, it's probably got a much bigger following in North America, I'd imagine. So I, I'd, I'd guess that that'll be their main um, their main audience. But yeah, for me at a BB and supercars. And then, you know, with the F4, that's gonna be interesting to see where that sort of um, sits in the pecking order of all of the open wheelers and it's starting to get quite congested down the the slower end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, and just how that sort of plays out with the Skip Barber and, and you know, we had a little bit of news later on about the Skip Barber school and everything, and they're using that, which makes sense when you understand the. Um, the whole, the way the Skip Barber race school actually works nowadays. Um, which is, how's
2: that? Like, how does that work?
0: So, well, like, obviously we've got the Skip Barber race car in iRacing, mm. which was their main car for Yonks, and then Skip Barber race school folded. Um, all the, all those cars were either sold or went somewhere else, a new school or something. And now they are using, like they say, a, their Skip Barber formula car. So they don't actually use a Skip Barber. Um, car anymore for their training or racing and i oh, think right. okay. they, when it first came back it was they were using mustford mustangs and stuff i don't think they had the Formula car like could be wrong i, I don't go, go into that much but yeah they're not using skip barber so it makes sense that they're using the the f4 yeah um from from that perspective but it just is in, it's interesting that we've got a skip barber car in our racing and then we're going to have a skip barber series that doesn't use a skip barber <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so like much,
2: I say, yeah. You're right. There's so much in that open wheel category now. And it just, mm. it doesn't, uh, one, the one like, when I first joined up at iRacing, one of the first, like, one of the things they did early on was ask for feedback. Maybe it was like after six months or first 12 months. And one point that I made was it didn't feel like there was a clear path from early, you know, start of open wheels to F1. Now there's about a thousand cars that are open wheels, but I still don't know what the, the path is.
3: <laughs> yeah, Like there's, yeah.
2: there's a path for everything, but like there's, so it's a car for everything, but there's no, it doesn't feel like there's a path. They're also, they almost need to do something that is very specific about how you get from A to Z in open wheels, um, which I just don't think, I don't, I don't see the clear path there. Anyway, yeah. sorry. And,
0: and, and perhaps it is like the mix with the American centric, um, you know, road to indie type stuff, which would be and I could get this wrong, but it should be USF two thousand as your base. Yeah. Um then you got your Pro Mazda. Yeah. Then actually they don't have the it's the Indie Light, I think, after that. Yeah. No? I think yeah. no, I think you're right that it, Yeah it is, that, yeah. yeah. So which they talked about getting. So that might actually be in the works. We get another one. Yeah. yeah. Um and then you've got the Indy car. And then, you know, from the European centric circuit racing, then you've got your um, well actually I guess you've got Grassroots V which just doesn't really fall in anywhere it's just there um, your Skip Barber which was your old race school car again which doesn't really fall in anywhere um, and then you've got your things like your F4, your F3 your F2 hang on sorry F3 then they did have the Formula Renault the Renault 3.5 and I'm losing track because there's, yeah, there's too many I, <laughs> then you got two
1: know. two Formula 1 cars now and yeah
2: yeah. And future ones. And don't like don't you think that, not to digress, but don't you think that, you know, for me to if I wanted to drive Indy, right? That was my target. The only way for me to get there should be through that path. So it doesn't mean you need to win in the US of two thousand, but it means that you had to have done certain amount of races, got your SR to a certain level or whatever it is, in that pathway. And that's the same with Nascar, same with F one, same with Some of the other series, like don't you think? I don't know. I just makes sense to me because you can easily go down one of the other paths, to get your 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 rating, your road, your IR rating, your your safety rating up to a level, and then just skip straight over to another car. And it just doesn't like it. Just makes a lot more sense to me.
0: I I guess that's the that's the unique thing with the road license is that it does allows you to cross over to a lot of Mm. of different things. And you know, even there's a disparity between an open wheel driver, regardless whether that's Indy or. European style open wheeler, yeah. and then you got the tin tops, and yeah, all sorts of stuff.
1: And then add to that multi class racing as opposed to standard, you know, single make racing, and yeah, you got a whole heap of different things that really are all abided by the one license system, which um, can be confusing. Mm. Um, anything I'd like to drive there? Oh, I don't know, probably not so much at the moment. I, I'm interested in the, the F4 just because I do. Have an interest in open wheel racing. <laughs> Having said that, I'm currently only driving the V8s, but um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of in your guys' boat as well. It's really cool to see new cars, but nothing that really is uh, show stopping for me. A uh, couple of new tracks and some extras. So we've got the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55, which is a new dirt oval, and the long awaited, for some. Uh, Winton Motor Raceway. Whether you really like Winton or not, I guess we could all probably agree that it's nice to have another Australian track on the service and showing that they do remember that we are over here on the other side of the world. Um, I'll quickly run through some of the net the extra things. There's some net code improvements. Um, mainly from what I read on the forums was a little bit more um, improved calculations based on like where the car is and uh, especially rear to tail contact in braking zones. I didn't think We're that, was, that. We We're written written was there. Was there issues with net code? I haven't <laughs> <thought>. No, never. <laughs> um, never. They've updated uh, a whole heap of uh, tire compounds and tire compound rules um, and and the multiple tire compound rules, um, which I guess we can talk about in a second, but might be a bit of a hint that the rain stuff is starting to come um, and they're starting to sort of drop parts in as we go. Um, it's so updated. It's actually sorry 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 i'm not trying to interrupt again sorry
2: it's indie so what it is that that they're enforcing now multiple tire
1: rules for indie uh for road righto there you go uh new updated spotter calls for fuel usage tire compound and pit box as tim just said probably for the indie stuff we've got some gt3 aerodynamic and tire updates as well um the nascar camping world truck series uh, 2022 season updates so i think all the cars in the truck series have had an update they used to be the gander trucks and now the the camping world truck series and we got the new damage model on some of the new cars which was the aston martin the veloster the racing ir r04 the nascar buick uh, so a couple of cars do miss out there which was the stock cars and then AI racing for the Aston Martin, the new Hyundai and the Mercedes W12. So you can now live out your AI racing dreams instead of being uh, a Formula One driver against AI on Codemasters F1 or EA F1 or both because they both are owned by the same people now. Um, you can actually do it on AI racing. So there are a few of the uh, new extras. And then we also got a little bit more AI racing at some new tracks. So Monza, uh, Circuit of the Americas, uh villner Silverstone, Suzuka, and Winton, both configs. Uh, the rest of those were all the Grand Prix configurations, which obviously falls in line with the W12. Uh, anything that stands out for you, Tim? E- no. Uh,
2: look, Winton, I'm excited. No, I'm excited about Winton. Uh, I personally do not like the track. Uh, but I did see the video of it released this afternoon and it looks great. So definitely I will be buying it. I'll be having a race and uh, play with it. Uh, and also the other part was the NASCAR Camping World Series update. That is actually to do with the Toyota. The Toyota's getting a livery update and a livery update, a, a, a chassis update. And the other cars will be coming through soon, I assume, because uh, they've all got uh, like a brand new, brand new look. Um, some of the pictures have been released, the um, IRL stuff. So, um, But also, outside of that, uh, nothing other than that. I just see yeah, AI racing for next-gen NASCAR would be great. So I don't understand why that's not there yet. But I'm not racing next-gen, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> I was and... just about to say, that doesn't matter <laughs> for you anymore anyway, does it? No, no. And, and good to see more AI racing with all those extra tracks, uh, to be honest. I think it's... it's it's good to have that available as an option yeah
1: you Alex. can all race against the ai as they go one line into half the corners and try and dive bomb you from left and right it sounds like good fun sounds like <laughs> brayden when he's behind <laughs> uh aj you're gonna be uh fanging some laps around winton in a uh, V8 supercar anytime soon uh i watched the
0: video and most of the track looks like fun but that's sort of middle sector just looks the horrible. Mm, I um, but I expect yeah. it will be good in something like an F4 or a Skip Barber, uh, any sort of club type car. Um, nothing too high powered, I wouldn't imagine. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was just having a look through the release notes as well. And interesting for me, being a VR user, um, the, they have added the ability in the iRacing UI to choose between a monitor or... Um, Oculus or OpenVR, basically a monitor or a VR headset, um, and it looks like you should be able to switch while you're in the UI as well, um, which is interesting. It, it doesn't say anything about in the actual session, um, but like hopefully, I, I'd love it if, especially just doing the endurance race on the weekend, right? Um, being in VR and then having to quit out of the session, reload back in on a monitor. If we could get to the point where they could somehow, um, you know, have a a toggle, a switch or something, and you could switch between the two, would be really cool. Because they have um, got their own renderer DX11 INI files now for each different one, um, whether it's VR or or the monitor. So you've got, it's all got its own settings now. So that would be really cool if if that is in the works. That's just what I read from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on how coding of those kind of things would work, but it made it sound like to me when I read it that you would be able to, you know, click on to maybe you're going back to the VR headset and then it would input your things from the VR INI file file, and um, vice versa if you're going back to um, to the screen. So, you know, you'd almost imagine it be, you know, your screen flashes black it comes back up with the new resolution and everything else that you didn't put it based on whatever the INI file was saying. So hopefully that's the case. Cause that would, I know in the couple of endurance races we've done with Vernie, you know, he gets out the car, then he has to go restart IRAC like, you know, reload everything so that he doesn't have to sit there with his headset on for the next hour and a half while he's spotting yeah. or whatever. So it would be definitely handy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess we, we touched on this slightly. So we have the iRacing Skip Barber Formula iRacing series uh, with $500,000 in prizes at stake. Uh, it was weird when I got this link sent to me originally and I opened it up and like you said, I'm like, that's not a Skip Barber on my screen. That's <laughs> uh, It says Skip Barber Racing School on it, but not a Skip Barber. So as you heard AJ talk about, uh, they run an NF4, ish type car as part of this um skip barber racing school these days um, i did have to laugh and i think i made this comment to a few people where it says in there um that the series will be using iRacing's version of the skip barber the formula IR04 and it was like well actually they already have a version of the skip barber called the skip barber so it is a bit strange um, But basically this series is going to be run over the course of, I think it was six weeks. Um, there was an entry fee, I think of about $20. 25 Yeah. That's
0: really, really interesting. Cause I was like reading, reading, Oh, really interested. I'm going to buy the F4 $20 a week. Is that even just to qualify? Like you don't even, yeah. what is going on there?
1: Yeah. It was interesting. So yeah, it looked like it was basically going to be 20 or $25 to, to have a go for that round. Um, the prizes ranged from, it was basically, if you won a round, you got like a, a day at the iRacing Skip Barber School or a day pass or something. If you won the whole series, you basically got a drive in the Skip Barber series. Um, and then there was some smaller prizes along the way for things like uh, making the race uh, that week. You got like a $500 voucher or something to the, the Skip Barber School. Um, and things like that but you had to be able to qualify in the top 20 30 20 yeah 20 mm-hmm. uh, cars uh so the races were going to uh vir virginia international raceway watkins Glen, sebring um, road america um, as well as laguna seca and circuit of the, the americas um, it'll be live streamed on the iRacing page um, yeah, anyone going to be signing up to try and win themselves a, a race or a, a season in the the Formula Skip Barber Series over in America? AJ, you they're probably the most yeah. likely out of us to make it in there. What, what are you yeah. saying, reigning <laughs> Aussie
2: Car Champion? Like, <laughs> it doesn't get much better, bigger than that in Australia, other than SNL. But that's you know, yeah. that's everyone yeah. in our small
0: pond, Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I said, I was excited until I saw the $20 entry fee and that was just like, for one round, $20, bucks. i am assuming it's American as well, so it's going to be yeah. more like 35 or something for us. Yeah. Um, exaggerated, but yeah. Um, I just don't quite get that because unless you know you're at least a top, I, I don't know, like let's say top 40-odd driver in Skip Barbers. Like, it's not even worth, like, you're just giving them $20 to hot lap and then be told, no, you're actually not that fast anyway, which is the majority of people. So, I don't quite understand the rationale behind needing to take $20 from drivers or, you know, individuals on this service when they've already paid for the car, they paid for the tracks, and this has apparently got a half million dollar prize pool, according to their press release. <laughs> um, I don't know where the other... You know, I was looking at the things, adding it up. I don't know where the other sort of $450,000 worth of pricing comes in. <laughs> yeah. um, but if they've got that sort of much money behind them, why do they need to take $20 from competitors when they could actually be selling the F4 car for people to have a crack at this? That's yep. sort of made. Uh, and this might have nothing to do with IRA. I don't know. They've, they've got to be affiliated, but I, I don't know who's come up with the terms of it, whether it's the Skip Barber School. Um, have this, this is their thing. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was weird and I'm not going to be giving away 30 Aussie dollars to be told no, I'm actually not in the top 20, which I already know. So.
1: Definitely not six times as well. <laughs> you don't need yeah, exactly. to be told six times that you're not in the top 30 drivers in the world or top 20 drivers in the world and, and pay them to tell you. It's <laughs> so yeah. it's not a great deal. Um, it's, I was just... probably, it's probably
2: their way of weaning out a lot of the lower ranked races. It's probably a, a way that you know if you put you're skinning the game you're going to get the best drivers and I, I, I get that you know I don't I don't think there's a need for it but it's probably their way of being able to manage it more effectively um, but five hundred thousand dollars though that's more than that's more than the Coke series.
1: I'm, I'm positive that that is what it said. It's literally in the headline. It couldn't be any any bigger. It's in bold okay. at the top of the, <laughs> top of the thing. So I've got the prizes here. So you can do the maths while I'm reading along uh, at home. So the qualifier prizes is one participant will win a one-day racing school each week. So that's six one-day racing school uh, qualifying prizes. All qualifier entrants will re- receive a one time two hundred dollar credit to the skip barber racing school. So I'm assuming if you pay your twenty dollars, you will get a two hundred dollar voucher to the skip barber racing school, which the large majority of people are not going to be using. You know, so there's some of the prize balls. Uh Individual races, there's first place, gets a $1,000 credit to the Skip Barber Racing School, and there's a hard charger award, which is a Skip Barber one-day racing school prize. And then the championship prizes is, is first overall, gets a five-day competition license race, race school program, uh, Skip Barber Racing School coaching and full season in apparently the 2020 Skip Barber Formula Racing oh, Series, which I found a bit was, interesting. That interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Guessing that was a bit of a typo. I'm assuming they mean the 2022 uh, series. Second, gets a five day competition license race program, um, some coaching, and a half season. And third place gets one race in the se- uh in the season with the same five day competition license race school and the coaching as well and then fourth and fifth get one day racing school program and sixth to tenth get an overall uh, an overall get an intro to a racing program so something I'm guessing... doesn't sound right here something
2: like F- so Formula Four in America different people but it's is it different people no it's not is Skip Barber American or is it UK is UK isn't it oh it's it, American. Is it right? So, the winner of an F4 race, and like this is 2014, like Uncle Google's telling me this, but tw- they get $25,000 for a race. We're talking about how many races here?
1: Uh, this is are you talking about for the season or for this yeah, competition?
2: The to- yeah, this competition,
1: uh, it's six, they do six races, six races the numbers don't seem right? But you know that was I'm, what was in their release. But yeah, I'm guessing the large majority of that prize pool comes from the $200 gift voucher that every entrant qualifying entrant gets. It would be my <laughs> presumption. So if you know 10,000 people uh, t- decide to have a crack, then that's probably you know where your 500,000 are, are going. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's a cool concept. I like the more of these. Uh, real world integrations we get, the better. I'm just mm. not sure if this one hits the mark the way they were probably hoping. It doesn't, <laughs> very, doesn't for me anyway. It's very confusing. Yeah. So why doesn't it for you though, Braden?
2: Because you're quick. Uh,
1: you. One, because I'm not that quick. And two, yeah. like AJ said, I don't feel like throwing money to someone to tell me I'm not as quick as I might think I am
2: isn't it worth just doing it for one or, first round, just see what happens
1: or at the very least as quick as Tim apparently thinks I am <laughs> Why do just? isn't it worth just doing it for the first round see what no, happens not at all no no why not look I, I'm more than happy to support you on your quest Tim but yeah. it's just yeah. not for me
2: You're all
1: right teacher? you get paid well <laughs> let's move on <laughs> uh, week, th- week 13 uh, is up upon us with some different things going on so We've obviously got some new shiny um, the shiny new shakedown competitions. So there's uh, GT3s of the new aero and tyre updates. There is a shiny new shakedown with the stock cars. There's Tin Top Tussle with GT4s and the TCRs. So a little bit of um, uh, mixed class, multi-class racing there. we got the 87 NASCAR Legend Series with the Buick. we got some muddy mess with the new... Uh, i55 raceway and we've got some formula fun racing with the formula IRO 4 so they are your new week 13 uh, races for this week there is still some ranked series so obviously don't go crazy in these ones you've got your normal iRacing fixed and open NASCAR series and your 13th week street stock challenge the roadside you've got the mazda cup the ferrari gt3 challenge and the porsche cup series which are all still official so please take care in those with your i and safety rating uh the rally cross series and the lights and the dirt street stocks and the ump modified fix series are all running as well and then there's some unranked series that it says on here in big bold letters that the sporting code still applies High rating and safety rating is not affected, but the sporting code still applies. So please don't get yourself banned in week 13. But there is a pickup cup, a Dallara dash, and a carburetor cup. And then we've got some week 13 road series. We've got the Deutsch Drifters, the GT3 Cup Porsche 911 cars. Uh, So there's the 991 and the 992 in together. There's Battle of the Little Wings, which is going to be Formula V, Skip Barber, and the Pro Mazda 18. And there's an Identity Crisis uh, playlist, Pro 2 Lights on Small Road Courses. That could be a little bit fun. And then there's some Figure Great Racing with the Volkswagen Jetta, the Pontiac Solstice, and on the Irwindale Figure 8, alternating with and without the jumps. Uh, Then there's a Dirt Oval Series with the Volkswagen Beetle Light and a Dirt Road Series called the Simkana, which is the Dirt Legends on Rallycross Courses. Any races, oh. I can see Tim's jaw dropping on our webcams at the moment. Any races you're interested in diving into uh, after this gets released, Tim? Well, that Dirt Legends on Rallycross sounds
2: cool. Uh sounds very cool. But also the you know, the figure eight is obviously a lot of fun as well. But, um, I don't own that track. Figure eight? Yeah. Oh, I just assumed it was a freebie. Is it not? I don't no, think no, it is. No, it's it's, it's one of the
0: It's one of the ovals. Yeah. It? Irwin, Irwindale. I think yeah Yeah. okay well there you go
2: I don't have that so but yeah look Dirt Legends on Rallycross sounds like a lot of fun Uh, but look I did say that I'm not excited about Winton but I want to buy the uh, Veloster so I might give that a bit of a shot we'll see
1: yeah and I'm pretty sure that will run in the Tim Top Tussle with the GT4s and the TCRs so Mm. might be a chance to drive around there Alex uh, you're going to be jumping in some little wings or will we see you driving a Pro 2 Light around some small road courses
0: yeah, the truck sounds interesting. I don't usually uh, go for much week 13 stuff because it gets a bit hectic, but the trucks on small road courses could be interesting. I just, I'll, I won't whinge anymore. You know, jumps would be nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I totally agree. It doesn't seem like something that would be all that hard to put in the game. So I, I'm so surprised that they didn't because I feel like if they made an official series with trucks with jumps, like the super oh. trucks in, um, <laughs> that we see at the V8 races, it would be awesome. And I think- surely.
0: Surely they have them in America. Surely they've they've done that on road courses in America.
1: Ah, uh, you would hope so, because they're some of the most fun things to watch when you're watching a V8 broadcast, or you know, you go to a race meet and they're there. They're they're crazy, but like seeing those things fly through the air and literally rubbing his racing with those things, it's uh it's good fun to watch. It'd be easy for them to have a proper jump at the bottom of Conrod Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, get rid of the slowdown, and you can just go straight through yeah. the dirt and over the fence. That would be good fun. Surely, surely, it's just
2: copy and paste, isn't it? So, yeah,
0: here's just, a hill. Just, <laughs> just chuck just, it, um, chuck chuck it at the top of
1: Skyline, and then just
0: see how far down the hill you can get. Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> that would be impressive. Maybe can we chuck it over Forest Elbow, so I don't have to take that corner anymore. That would be uh, that'd be helpful. Yeah. All right, week thirteen's done and dusted. Obviously, just remember, keep yourself safe out there. Don't get yourself banned. That's what we don't want to see. Uh, now, I know this is a touchy subject for you, Tim, but we're going to dive into nah. it quickly anyway. So, we talked about earlier Anne's car sort of um, having to make a decision on what they're going to do with drivers who aren't making the Cup Series each week. And they've come up with the soon to be famous, uh, they're hoping, Lucky 31. Um, we'll talk a little bit with Carl, who's going to give us a bit of a rundown of this later in the results section in the Anne's car wrap. But Basically, the gist of it is that each week after uh, uh, 15 minutes after the cup qualifying has finished and the race server has gone up, there's going to be a second race server that opens up for anyone who missed the cup for that week. And the race is going to be exactly the same as the cup race, but just about half the race distance, so not quite as long. The winner of this race is going to become the lucky 31 and will be given a locked in 31st spot on the grid for the following week's cup race. So... Kind of similar to your, um, I suppose, Scop's split two winner who jumps into the main game for with the forty-first uh, car position in a Scop's round. Um, you know, basically, Anne's car said, "Look, we're not going to be going through every single incident for with a fine-tooth comb, but you know, if something needs to be looked at, there's you know, some dodgy driving or whatever, they will act accordingly on that if there's a replay supplied. supplied. But um, basically the lucky 31 winner needs to win the race without causing any wrecks or breaking any rules. Um, and they also need to upload the telemetry like any other ANSCAR race winner. So it's an opportunity for those who miss the cut, um, to get a look in for the next week. Um, it's not been enough to, to save Tim's, uh, ANSCAR cup series for this season, but, uh, maybe AJ, what, what are your thoughts on doing something like that for those that miss out? Do you think it's a good idea?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It gives um and it gives something for the second split guys to race for. Like
1: especially if you're not in
0: that especially in that top sort of thirty range. Um you know, it just makes it a little bit more interesting. Can't can't all be top thirty material, I guess, but um if you can be thirty first then there's something for you.
1: Yeah, and I think I guess the thing I do like about it is you It is something for those people who did put in the practice to try and get in, they still do get to have a race because it is pretty disheartening. You put in three or four nights practice and then you rock up and you qualify 32nd and Mm. you know don't get in. You almost feel like your week's been wasted. So at least you still get a race out of it. Tim, thoughts? I agree with you both. (laughs) No further comment. I agree with you both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll leave it there. And we'll uh, we'll let Carl give us the the proper wrap uh, afterwards. I guess just two more things on the news agenda. Uh, Ira has announced the new Skippy season. Uh, it being season thirteen of the Skippies. Uh, it's called Bad Luck, obviously uh, unlucky thirteen, uh, with a quite interesting layout. I know with some consultation talking to Ira earlier. In the year, uh, this one's been on his mind for a little while, and he wanted to try that's and that's figure your
2: fault. out. <laughs>
1: <not your> fault. <laughs> he wanted to try and figure out a way that he could make it something special for for week thir- uh, for season thirteen rather. Uh, so the track list looks like well, first of all, there's three different round types. So you've got the the sprint, the regular, and the endurance rounds. Um, and so we go to Winton. Uh, obviously being a new track, wanted to get that in the season. Uh, But then it's Not Kill International Reverse, Charlotte Legends Road Course Medium, uh, Virginia, the full course, uh, the Charlotte Oval for an oval round, Uh, there's a Mount Washington Hill Climb special event in there, and also the New Hampshire Road Course with the South Oval uh, running. So... Uh, certainly an interesting track list. Uh, is it enough to tempt you back into a skiffy anytime soon, Tim? Or are uh, you going to steer clear of the bad luck, enough bad luck for, for one season? No,
2: no gents. Um, Look, it's a good mix of tracks. Uh, I personally, I don't get excited by a couple of those for skips. That's just me personally. I know it will for a lot of other people. But, look, Mount Washington, I just, I have just personally have no interest in that track, to be honest. I just never have. I think it's exciting, but I just don't have any interest in it. But Thursday nights, so I've got other things um, plans. So I've got Wednesday night. I've got Xfinity, uh, Ian's car, and then Thursday night, if I do any racing, if I'm allowed to, it'd be it'll be OzPass um, GT3. So, but look, there's a really good mix of tracks there. I think you know, skips in at Winton is a perfect track for skips. Um, Knock Hill is a perfect track for skips. I think it's a great track for for the, the those 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 cars. Um, the legends are medium charlotte i'm just trying to think what that track is that track
1: that is so i'm pretty sure that's the track where you start on the oval you take a hairpin right hand turn into the pit lane and then you drive ba- uh, down the pit lane you turn left and go out uh, the pit exit onto the um roval section and then you take a right and uh, halfway down that sort of short shoot straight, and you do a little bit more winding through, and then you end up back on the over with a little chicane. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting, interesting track layout. Really good yeah. fun in um, the Formula V, uh, I found out in week 13 uh, last or two times ago, and also pretty good fun in the Legends car as well. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah look I think it's a good mix of tracks I do I actually do think it's a really good mix of tracks Uh, the only thing I would say is that anyone that has joined that series that hasn't been doing a lot of um, tracks outside the base you know one good thing that Ira is always conscious of is how many new tracks he adds in a period of you know is a season or over a period of a couple of seasons and there's a fair few new tracks there so it'd be interesting to see how that fits with a lot of people but i think the diversity of all those tracks i think is fantastic because there's some really good mix of mix mixes of tracks there
1: aj is not uh, washington multiple time aussie car winner uh, Are you going to be defending any crowns this time around no
0: i um i hadn't planned to i i think i overdid it in the last last <laughs> season with a few too many things on um <laughs> And and now I've I've got the AOG going every two weeks and the uh, support series for SCOPS, um, which is sort of every two to three weeks. So I'm going to see how that goes and sort of try and cut back a little bit. And um and again like I was racing for so long just the Aussie car skip barbers, which was really good because then I could put in a night or two practice and then just concentrate on the race. And then. Yeah, I sort of got a bit crazy and ended up doing like five series at once and that was very <laughs> overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, just trying to take a step back and um, try something different. Um, yeah, but it does look like a, a good track list. It'll be really interesting to see how um, the reverse knocker works because I've, I said uh, to, the, to the other guys in I think top split, uh, to me that reverse track is a little bit like Simmons Plains for me. Yeah. Um, it sort of has that feel so that that should be really fun um and then vir is sort of a classic skippy track everybody hates it but it's actually really good to race on um like surprisingly so and it's a good challenge like it's tough to get because it's a long track to learn um but produces some good skippy racing because it's got the long straights as well so there'll be plenty of passing um yeah, and then you've got the Oval, you've got the weird Charlotte track. Um, maybe that's the bad luck bit. People are going to get confused and go the wrong way. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it looks like it would be a, a good season. And the Mount Washington Hill Climb, that's definitely going to be bad luck because once people get the dirt, they're just going to be going
1: over the edge of the mountain. So <laughs> that should be good. If you were to suggest a track that is a bad luck track or was there to intentionally torture drivers, what track would you Decide on Tim. You were you really wanted to annoy your drivers list, and you are. I'm going to put in the most annoying, frustrating track you could. What would that be for you?
2: Hmm. <laughs>
1: he doesn't know. Well,
2: this is a question without notice. <laughs> um, that's the best kind of questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why Alex would be the best to answer this, and then come back to me. <laughs> I, I
1: already know.
0: I have a I have a track in my. In, straight in my mind there you go, go. let's hear it yeah um the Nurburgring. ring let's see if i can get this right mullen bash okay
1: it's
0: yeah it's uh it's the bottom section of the Nurburgring ring racetrack so you, um you start sort of not after the um the first complex the uh what do they call it it's not not the stadium it's... complex further down to the next sh- sort of chicane bit the left right you start down there and then you go down do the hairpin come up um, you've got that fast left hander and then you take a hard right and go through the service roads to get <laughs> back to the um that that chicane so it's that's really interesting and the the pits for that because they'd ha- they'd have to do pit stop probably um is really wonky as well it's just yeah that that would be my
1: pick. Very nice. I'll I'll give you some more time to think, Tim. If I was <laughs> going to do it, I almost think in a way, especially for the Skippy, this just reeks to me of bad luck. Uh, is doing that Le Mans track again because it's almost like if you lose the draft or well, bad luck, your race is over. You must go park it in the shed because you'll never catch it up again. Uh, I remember Chastity got the smallest of um slowdowns. Uh, just just pipped uh, the corner and. Didn't, didn't quite get, uh, got the off track and the slowdown. And by that point, it meant he was never, ever going to catch up to the big freight train that was driving away. uh So that would, in a sense to me, kind of reeks of bad luck in terms of all you need to do is get like 0.5 seconds away and the, the seven cars that are all in a freight train in front of you are driving away from you. Tim, what's your bad luck track?
2: Yeah, look, I think it'd be, to a degree, a similar kind of story if you did something like you know, the, the Coca-Cola, the Racing super speedway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you oh. imagine the skippies there? It'd be like 15 wide. <laughs> it'd be 15 wide, but if you lost someone, you'd never catch them. It'll take you, you know, laps to, you know, it'd take you minutes for them to catch up to you. <laughs> but um, but also, you know, would the engines last? Would they not, you know, probably would blow up. <laughs> but yeah, like it'd be, it'd be so
1: boring. It'd be so one thing.
0: boring. Yeah, it's one thing that uh, we haven't done in the skippies yet. Is it like a, a sort of larger oval?
1: Well, I guess Charlotte in this one is going to be yeah. a larger one, so mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. So yeah. that's ballsy. That is ballsy because it's uh, yeah. Like I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people who actually
2: have that track anyway, which would be good um, because my suggestion previously has been a, a good small track is, and that's why Dover did work to a degree, but before that, USA worked quite well as an oval track. And I've always thought that Bristol would be great, but the thing is Bristol doesn't have other versions that you can play off. So if you're going to spend money on that track, the
1: typical road race is going to get value from it. Um, yeah. All right. Last thing that's happened this week with the V8s were back. Did anyone catch any of the V8 racing? I know I sat down on Saturday night and in my very, um, gazed state of my booster shot tried to <laughs> tried to watch some um some v8 supercars uh shane van gisberg and put on a masterclass on the on the saturday night and then i got up early on the sunday tim did you manage to catch any of the action on the weekend
2: yeah look i started to watch a little bit at the start on the saturday and then to be honest that was it i didn't get to watch a lot and then um i had issues with my ko actually it only got fixed saturday afternoon and then Sunday, I got to watch it. What time was it on Sunday? Uh, it was, was it sort of, middle of
1: the day, afternoon. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I got to watch that before I went and played basketball. So, but that was good. It was good, and you know, you, I don't, you know, I live forty minutes or whatever it is from there, south to a degree. Uh, so when in the whenever the weather was coming, I could feel it coming, and it was exciting. That build up, the build up of the rain coming, and it actually hit right at you know to a degree, a perfect time. Uh, to create a bit of excitement towards the end of that race. So but like Gizzy's um, way that he he raced and just where he ended up finishing like this obviously um you know Mozzie was his result was fantastic but for what um SVG did in that race to be a lapping a bit down and you know to pit when he pitted, came in, got wets, wasn't right. He was obviously pissed about there is you know, the, the the choice that whether he made it or the team made it. But at the time, it, it looked like it could have been the right decision. Uh, but then, you know, everyone else stayed out on drives and he was, I think it was four seconds slower um, at that stage and then had to pit again. And, you know, over a period of time, got a bit of luck, was able to get that lap back. It was very smart and, you know, great
1: driving. And that's you know, what you expect of SBG. It was one of those moments. And just a reminder, especially with the longer races, obviously, to a degree, most of us don't, Race in those races that are sort of those 70 odd lap long races. Most of them are, you know, the 20 minute, 40 minute sort of races. But it does go to show, like, you know, you're never out of it as much as maybe you think you are. And, you know, um, obviously having a safety car and you need a little bit of luck. But if you keep persisting, I suppose this is what you get a little bit more from the oval racing, maybe on iRacing than um, necessarily the road racing, unless you're doing the more endurancey type things. But you're never really out of it. And, you know, if things do fall your way, you can still have a pretty good result. And I guess a lot of times in our racing, because you know, you've got another race in an hour's time. It's very tempting just to, you know, just ch- mm. chuck the toys out of the cot and hit the toe button and, and head off and uh, wait yeah. for the next one. But, you know, you can still pull out a good race here and there. Um, even when things haven't gone your way. I thought Tim, you would have been all over the Aussies, Aussie racing cars to watch as I know you just love them so much.
2: I do. I do. I even tweeted to Greg Hill on Twitter as soon as some of the announcements were made and I said, Greg, you need to get onto these and add these to iRacing because they're so cool. I know, you know, Bernie's not a fan of them because he thinks they look weird, but that's such a cool car. Like it's just, they're just a legends, a legends car in a different
1: box, basically. They remind me of the Hot Wheels cars that come out. Yes. They're like the, the big, they're like the normal cars, but they've just squished them. Like yes. someone's pushed the front and the back end and squished them together and uh, made a little Hot Wheels car. They are, they are cool things.
2: They are so cool. They are so cool.
1: AJ, did you get to see any of the racing?
0: No, only bits and pieces. I wasn't following um, when the season was starting, actually. I was just flicking through the channels on the night and uh, I was like, what, the, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I saw a little bit of it, um, and, uh, enjoyed the very wet off, off tracks as well. There's a bit of mud splashing and, and yeah. craziness going on and, uh, but they seem to have grip. They have more grip than we do in racing. I remember I went off track on the weekend and I was like, this is just, there's not enough grip on this grass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good to have it, have it back finally. Um, yeah. and it's the start of everything now coming back.
1: So, yeah. Uh, did everyone see Anton's uh, celebratory drift that put him yeah. into the concrete wall? I did like that. Made me feel Made me feel like uh, it's not just me who does stupid things like that. It's, uh, you know, maybe even the best of us can uh, put it in the wall as well. Tim, did so, you enjoy did, that? So did he do that on the last lap? Like actually coming in on the last lap? Was it the next lap? It was the warm-down lap, so it was after they'd finished. I think him and Mozzie both did a bit of a drift out of the last turn, except uh, Anton didn't quite stick it and headed out onto the grass. And it was a heavy, heavy hit into the concrete barrier as well. I saw Scotty McGoughlin tweeted him on uh, Twitter saying, I hope you went to the local bottle shop and bought the boys all the bottles that are in there because they can have some work to do. Well, I heard on the the broadcast...
2: (laughs) Excuse that. Um, I heard on the broadcast later um, that night. I think it was when they were doing a recap on Seven News or whatever it was, and I heard it in the background. And they were saying, "If you can see in the background, that's uh, you know everyone's packed up and finished, and you know packing their cars up, but you can see the um, shell team doing work on the car because it was
1: there was so much damage to it." Uh, So yes, it's it's pretty funny to be honest. Yeah, it was a big boy hit, I guess. Yeah. Before we wrap up. AJ sort of said things are coming back. Uh, it is currently Tuesday, March eighth, which means three days until Drive to to Survive is released on Netflix. Are we keen for that, Tim? Yes, yes,
2: so so keen, and I'll be smashing through it as quick as I can. Yeah, uh, yeah I cannot wait. Yeah, very excited. And, all right, it's, it's going to be the typical story of 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 the series, unfortunately, and that is you know there's not a lot of the. Um, Mercedes team shown um, just as much as the Red Bull team. You know, Christian will be on there because he likes to be on TV. But, you know, generally there'll be a lot of uh, McLaren and Ferrari and some of the other teams, the Alpine. um, But look, it'll be great. I can't wait. And of course, they're going to bump it up and create a lot of excitement. Well, the, the good thing will be actually that the Netflix team were actually following the McLaren team when
1: Daniel won. So that whole weekend is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that weekend. Just like, I, I think at the time, like I appreciated what it was, but it, it really was relatively early in the season still. Like it felt like, I remember thinking, oh, this was awesome. But, you know, the season still dragged on for so long after that. And I think I just didn't appreciate it as much as probably I could have at the time. And I'm looking forward to sort of revisiting that. AJ, will you be binge watching that on the weekend?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope, I I don't know um, how much backlash there was on the sort of artificial hyped-up stories from the, the last couple of seasons. Um, I just, I hope there was maybe a little bit and they might sort of tone that down and, because I don't think you need any hyped-up stories for Formula One. Like, there's so much craziness going on in the season. Um, yeah, I just hope they sort of keep it
1: real. But yeah, I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, I think especially with last season as well like this There was no need to have any yeah. kind of artificial drama. Uh the whole season was a, a narrative in itself really. It was um it was certainly interesting.
2: And with um with Sochi gone, what what are your thoughts? Any you guys got any thoughts on ter- in terms of a replacement race where where would you guys like it to be? Yeah,
1: anything that comes to mind. Adelaide Street Circuit.
2: <laughs> realistic ones realistic um, ones
1: uh, I just can't remember if it's on the season this season but um, if they don't have Mayo on there like they have the last few seasons I really enjoyed Portimao, I don't know why, um, I don't know if it I'm pretty sure Portimao is the one with the Uh, straight that goes up on a tabletop almost kind of thing yeah Yeah, which was really cool Um, Mugello was another one that I thought was pretty cool that they went back to uh, two seasons ago I think that was where there was that big crash after the safety car restart um, when uh, the cars at the back got that massive checkup and just drove into each other Um, I thought Mugello was a pretty cool track to to revisit as well so uh, either of those two would be cool if, if you're telling me Adelaide Street Circuit's not a realistic opportunity. <laughs> AJ? Anyway, um, you'd like to see?
0: Yeah, well, actually, I saw um, somewhere, I don't know if it was legit, but I saw Serpang uh, Malaysia. Yeah. Ooh, yes, um, Somewhere in socials putting yeah, something a lot of
2: talk about
0: I, Yeah, so that would be really cool, because I love that track. That was um, a really good track, I thought. for for yeah, one. yeah, I loved racing it on F One Twenty, whatever it was, long time ago now.
1: Yeah, Sepang uh, is a good track. I I like that in their fun games as well as on the Moto GP games. I thought it was a really fun mm. track on Moto GP yeah. as well. Um, I think the I'm guessing not going to Shanghai again this season. Is that correct? I can't remember off the no, top. No, I think it's still no, uh, I think it's still on the list. Okay. Well, that's yeah, I, I think this. it's still on the list, yeah. I, I I actually I don't think many people seem to like Shanghai, but I was always by far the best on the F one games. That was by far the best track I could drive at. So yeah. I always liked watching the racing at um Shanghai. Even though that yeah. weird first corner uh section is pretty tricky.
2: Yeah, the biggest issue with Sepang has always been the rain, mm. hasn't it? So just maybe them doing it at a different time of the year might help. Um but look, I I say I'm glad. I'm glad it's not in Sochi because two years ago it was the two years ago and the I think it was the year before that. What's it? Yeah, two years before that. And last the not last year, the year before that, that were the most it was the most boring race you could ever imagine. And I was happy for it to go. But then last year, Russia was actually <laughs> yeah. a really good race. It was crazy. It was that actually was the, yeah. Lando Norris on sixth uh, was, race, yes. wasn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. It was a fantastic race, but it was only because of the rain that that helped that so. If we can guarantee rain, if we ever go back to Russia, I can't
1: imagine that's going to happen anytime soon. So, what, um, so what Tim wants is us to guarantee rain in Russia, but guarantee no rain in Malaysia. Gotcha.
4: Yes, thank
1: you. <laughs> All right, perfect. Let's move on to the results. Uh, who can the results be uh, brought to us by? I reckon the Facebook page tonight. So, if you want to uh, catch up with the latest happenings of the Locked On Lads, make sure you head on to the Locked On Lads Facebook page. Uh, We haven't been as viral this week as we were the week before with our 300,000 plus reach post about uh, Southeast Queensland uh, basically being flooded from the rest of Australia. But, you know, we're trying our best over here. So go give the Facebook page a like. Uh, I reckon you've heard enough of our voices for the time being. So why don't we get the great man himself, Alex McKellar, to tell us all about Uh, The season that was in SNL, uh, the season that was, just happens to be the best season in SNL history. So take it away, Alex.
3: G'day everyone, Alex McKellar here with your regular instalment of Top Flight Skippy Action and the final weekly wrap of Sunday Night Lights for Season 26. The finale saw the title race once again come down to the wire and again at the GP layout of Brands Hatch. Coming into the final round, the standings were led by Julian O'Frey, with Christian Perez hot on his heels and leading ANZ driver Russell Sexybuns Clark rounding out the provisional podium standings. On the night, Perez turned up on a mission with only a points finish between he and the SNL title. This was more than enough motivation for the Astro Racing team driver who put his flying skippy on pole just ahead of I's top qualifier in Fraser Smith, who joined him on the front row. Not only was Nagai relegated from the front row for the first time this season, he was, in fact, not the leading Japanese qualifier, despite having dominated much of the quali sessions this season. That honour went to Takumi Yamato, who was joined on the second row by Kevin Budgeon. Nagai wasn't seen until we looked to the third row where he and Adam Miles started fifth and sixth respectively. The leading qualifier from the ANZ club was Corey Lean in eighth, with Russell Clark looking to secure his podium finish in the championship from just behind him in ninth. The end of lap two saw the finish to Lean's night, however, with a clip of the rear tyre on the outside of the final corner bringing him unstuck and into the wall on the opposite side of the track with a toe to the pits, his only reward for his efforts on track on the night. This was also enough to let the front pack of five drivers get a breakaway with Smith and Perez at the front, joined by the Japanese duo of Yamato and Nagai, along with regular podium getter this season, Miles. The game change for the race and the championship came on lap five when a misjudgment in a move to the inside by last season's champion Julian O'Fray saw him tag the back of Japanese driver Sasaki, sending the latter into the great Dane Dennis Johansson and the trailing Russell Clark into the stricken Frenchman's car. This somewhat clumsy incident obviously ended O'Fray's run at the title, but also ended Johansson's night and saw Sasaki continue minus his rear wing, with Clark taking a trip through the lane to grab a fast repair, also taking him out of the points for the night. While the leading duo of Perez and Smith put on some amazing side-by-side racing on and in nearly every corner available to them... It wasn't until the early stages of lap 12 where we saw a definitive move from Miles to move up from his 5th position at the rear of the lead pack to go past Nagai onto the back straight before going around the outside of Yamato through the penultimate corner on the same lap to rise into proper contention for a podium finish. The closeness of the racing was outstanding with the front 5 putting on a tremendous show in the closing laps. The final defining moment of the race came on the final lap through the middle of the three sweeping right-hand corners, where Perez and Smith, after all the side-by-side battling, finally came together, albeit netcode-assisted, with the Spaniard title hopeful coming off second best. This saw Smith drive away to take his first victory of the season in the final race with Miles clinching his third podium of the season in second and Naoyanagai surging forward to take third. Yamato secured his best result since our visit to Snetterden a couple of seasons ago with fourth and the lone survivor from the big mid-race incident Sasaki astonishingly hanging on to round out the top five. While Perez was not able to win the race, he did stay on track to finish sixth and secure his first SNL title. The ANZ drivers in the field both had a rough night, with Clark and Lane finishing out of the points in 14th and 15th, respectively. Diving into the other split results, we first look at the second split, which itself had a strong turnout and a strength of field over 3,000. Juan Ramon Bello Garcia took out the race with ANZ drivers Darren Tune and Neil Gardner rounding out the podium positions. The other ANZ drivers in the field included Paul Wilson, who finished 9th, Lockton's Nathan Verney in 10th, and Ryan Portelli in 14th position. Jeff, I watched Caesars jump to the 3rd split, where the man himself took another podium finish, ending up in 3rd, with the great Ken Himes in the points in 9th position. SNL stalwart of almost all 26 M&L and SNL seasons, Jason Wilman had an unhappy night, finishing down in 15th. Looking at the final championship standings for season 26, it was the Spaniard, Christian Perez for Astro Racing Team, who was good to his word and his commitment to taking out the championship, who ended well out in front and taking the title for the first time. Last season's champion, not for the first time, finished runner-up. And also as a repeat podium offender, we saw the leading ANZ driver, Team Milo's leading light this season, Russell Clark, finish third. Nagai-senpai placed fourth overall, with Giuseppe Tellini missing out on his first podium in the last few seasons, rounding out our top five. Other ANZ drivers in the top 20 overall were led by Sam Devantia, who despite having the most outright wins in the season, could only manage seventh place, Followed closely by Neil Gardner in 8th, Darren Tune in 9th, Mark Jeffrey with a top 10 finish just behind him and Paul Wilson in 11th. Vasco Sorovsky was notable in his absence from the final round due to an interstate wedding and this saw him drop down to 14th position with the great Ken Hyams in 16th. Mitchell Nichols and Nathan Verney rounded out the ANZ contingent on the leaderboard in 18th and 20th respectively. This brings to a close yet again the most successful season of Sunday Night Lights to date. After securing our first strength of field over the 5,000 mark last season, not only did we eclipse the 6,000 mark this season, but the average strength of field for the entire season held station above the 5,000 mark. This is a real testament to the strength of the community and the support we receive from it for our little series from Down Under. So thank you to all the drivers who turn up and race each and every week across all the splits. We really do appreciate your ongoing support for, as we say, our series is for the community, by the community, and that's how we like it. But for now, and until next season, our 27th, I'm Alex McKellar, and until next time, ciao for now.
1: Really good to hear about the happenings in the SNL uh, season and we look forward to having Alex back both on the podcast but also back for the Top Split TV broadcast when season two of 2022 kicks off for a full season of SNL, I would be assuming this time around. Uh, and obviously, congratulations to Christian Perez for taking home the SNL championship. I know he was pretty keen to, to get that one um, this season, so well done to him. While we're talking to outsiders, uh, we might as well get um, Carl withy to give us the r- report and happenings of Anne's card. Definitely doesn't involve uh, Timothy Court this week, that's for sure. But what it does uh, do is explain probably in better detail than we did the, the lucky 31. So Carl, take it away.
4: Hello everyone and welcome to the AnsCar car wrap up. I'm here on Locked On iRacing and I am as ever Carl Wilkinson with Willie and this week was Vegas week baby for all three series. As is tradition, we will start off with the Affinity Construction Truck Series for its third round of the year. The trucks gave us some fantastic action to view, even if it was from the driving seat for myself this round. Seeing only two cautions, it was a race on track and not in pit Lane this week for sure. The early stages saw trucks going two to three wide up till the front, right tyre fell off, and pace dropped for all the field, with grip falling off at a single line raceway becoming the mainstay. The odd opportunity became the chance for the brave to make their pass, but it was few and far between. Lap 23 saw the first yellow come out, meaning the pit lane got very busy, with the field coming in to get fresh boots and fuel. The race ran until lap 48, as a few drivers were starting to make their way for green flag stops. Others would hold on and hold it out and it would pay off for them, as two-car accident caused the yellow to come out once more, meaning the field had a 50-lap stint to the end on a tank that you could get about 45 laps of fuel out of on a full speed run. This led to a super close finish as some trucks had to pit for fuel later in the race. Others were full on fuel saving mode. Jaden Russell was leading as the white flag fell, but lack of fuel around turn three saw Hamish Gallagher snatch the lead and the win for the second week in a row. His teammate Danny G came home in second position with Jaden Russell finishing in third, just ahead of Foster fourth, Williams in fifth. This means that Danny G now leads the championship one point ahead of Luke Hare in second. Third is Micklemore, fourth for Williams, fifth for Gallagher, sixth for Martin, seventh for Raymond, eighth for Clark and Jackson, and tenth for Skurlock. Next week, the trucks head off to Auto Club Speedway Fontana. The Thunder Roars in next, brought to you by Locked On Lads TV. Catch all the action on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Round 3 of the Xfinity series gave us yet another fantastic race, and with a full field we only saw the yellow once throughout the race, which meant the action was all on track, with only the advantage the only advantage being your pace and knowledge of when to push. Scurlock and Traher would share the front row, but the top 10 were all fighting throughout the race. We saw a number of drivers take a bonus point for a lap lead as they had some decent runs, The race was running smooth and drivers thinking about pitting for their stops, when a caution came out on lap 43, allowing everyone to pit under yellow, and just have enough gas to get home. The battle prior to the stop was back on, with cars having a two lane wide fight throughout the field. We saw some perfect bump and runs as well as a few good old door bangs, but it was a clean fight up front. Jaden Russell, would time his charge to perfection to break away at the front in the final laps and take victory. Traher in second, Gallagher came home third, fourth for O'Shea, and fifth for Turner. This means that Gallagher still leads season one, 19 points clean of Skirlock in second, third for Phelps, fourth for Russell, fifth for Micklemore, sixth for Clark, seventh for Douglas, eighth for Raymond and Spencer, with a five-way tie for tenth position of Jaeger, Marshall, Patton, Traher, and Urquio. And finally, we head to the NASCAR Cup, brought to you by 24 7 Sim Services and Performance e-streaming. Head over there on YouTube to catch all the action as well as NASCAR on Facebook. The main event at Las Vegas proved to be one to watch yet again with a grandstand finish. The strong run for the week continued for Russell as he took pole next to Danny G on the outside. As they aced their qualifying laps with only 30 spots for the Cup race, we saw nearly 20 drivers miss out this week as everybody wanted to race in Vegas, baby, leading to some small changes in future races which I will go over at the end of this recap. The new Cup car proved it is an absolute handful and a hard car to master. Once more as veteran driver Carol Walden got caught out with a sudden snap just five laps into the race, causing damage to three other cars as they got caught up in an early accident. As the race got under green, we saw drivers put on a show. Pearson led away but could not stop the charge of Freer and Schultz. However, a slip in concentration at the front saw leader Schultz catch a lapped car slamming into the rear as it stayed up high to try and keep out of the way on lap 54. As the cars came down pit lane to get their services, the race got back and the fighting got harder. On lap 65 we would see a second caution fall shortly followed by a third allowing a few drivers to come down pit lane to top off with fuel, with many of the other drivers banking on a late caution that would not come in the end, causing them to have to full fuel save mode, but they could not make it, needing a quick splash and dash. This meant that DPR were once more looking to win another cup race with Pearson, but damage to the front of his car made life harder, and proved to be for Failing point for his bid to keep it a DPR lockout, as Danny G for Mitch Motorsport would charge home, passing Pearson as the white came out for yet another close finish. Wally would come home a strong third, Hobson fourth, and O'Shea in fifth. This means that Pearson will still leave the championship 15 points ahead of teammate Dyson. Hobson in third, Wally fourth, Martin fifth, Allison sixth, Foster seventh, eighth for Jackson, ninth for Curtis, and Wellman in tenth. Now, thank you for sticking to the end. As I said, we are having a few changes for Phoenix, which comes up next, and that is the first race for the lucky 31. Due to the great turnout of drivers this season, we are now running a second race during the cup session for all the drivers who don't make it into the top 30. This race will allow the winner to lock themselves into the 31st spot for next week's race at Atlanta, meaning that if you don't get into the cup race on the one lap pace you need for qualifying, you still get a chance to make it into the race via race pace later that night. We are super excited to see how the lucky 31st spot will go next week, and we look forward to bringing you all the details. As ever, a huge thank you to Locked On Lads and Locked On iRacing, and we look forward to seeing you all next week. Back to the studio.
1: All right. I think that might be just about it for results this week, because Aussie car was away. I guess we could go through the F3 results, actually. Um, I do have them handy, just not on my spreadsheet, so you will just have to give me a couple of moments. Uh, The F3s went to Iowa for an oval round which was something different chucking uh the uh f3s on on an oval iowa is a free track i'm assuming haven't actually raced there myself uh but race one went to dennis hancock which was pretty cool to see dennis getting mm. a aussie car win so well done to him from matt marsh and trevor Hearn rounding out the top three uh matt marsh was your big mover in that one up 10 spots uh race two went to sean doyle uh and he won that one from Adam Marsh, Trevor Hearn, uh, Jerry Bush, and Dennis Hancock, managing himself a fifth position with the reverse top 10. Um, there was a little bit of controversy that came out of that one uh, with some indiscriminate driving, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or perceived, uh, depending on which way you look at it. Up. I honestly didn't see any of it, so I'm not really good to comment on it. Um, just uh, the happenings that I noticed. Um, but that leaves us with some championship standings. Uh, at the moment, Trevor Hearn, relatively unknown to the Aussie car community. So nice to see some new names uh, at the top of a championship. Uh, it's better than seeing um, Alex John up there every single time we uh, have a look. Uh, Robert Cook in second place. Dennis Hancock on the third step of the podium from Sean Doyle, Adam Marsh, Nathan Verney, Cameron Dance, Jeremy Bush, R.F.L. Berg and Cameron Edwards round out your top 10. Uh, Adam Marsh is currently leading the Road to 2K series, and White Knuckle Racing are currently leading the Teams Championship from Reverb Racing and Lock On Lads Racing in third. I think the last round of the um, championship, or the little three-week mini-championship is this week. They head to the Indy bike layout, so... um, heading over to the Indy Circuit. That should be an interesting race in the F3s there for a 15-minute and a 30-minute race. All right, gentlemen. I think that is just about it for this week. Uh, If I have missed anything, I do apologize, Wilco. Please do not fire me when you're going through this podcast to edit. But what do you guys have in store for this week? Tim, where will we see you racing or practicing uh, for this upcoming week?
2: Uh, So Wednesday night is Xfinity at Vegas, I think. So I haven't done any practice for it yet. But uh, actually, no, sorry, it's at Phoenix. Apologies, it's at Phoenix. Uh, So we did Phoenix at the end of last year. So I haven't done any practice for it, but um, it should be okay. And then maybe we'll see. We'll see about Thursday night. Oz Oz pass. I haven't done Oz pass before. So uh, we might give that a shot. And then Monday next week with... Um, GSRC and
1: that is at Okayama. We're going to see uh, the Timmy Bucket stream getting uh, put back on anytime soon?
2: Well I've got to work it out just because of my the change in equipment and all that kind of stuff it's a different setup and yeah I just don't know if um my computer's going to handle it to be honest so I've got to do a test at some point so I'm ready to do it but if anyone knows, actually, while we're talking about it, maybe someone can drop me a line on uh, through Discord with a PM or something. But um, one thing I actually had issues with last night was when I was racing, every time someone spoke within the, the sim, I would get jittering. Like, drop of frames. It was like that. But it only happened when someone in-game spoke, which was really odd because I've never experienced that before, and I haven't really changed anything. So very, very odd. I was trying to work out what it was and I was, you know, I thought, you know, maybe I just dropped my graphic settings or something like that, but I shouldn't have to. So I did, you know, the task manager to watch percentages and that was all reasonably normal. But, and then when I was going the race, it was like happening again, happening again. And I realized that was when people were talking. So anyone, anyone knows how to fix that, let me know. Um, And once I work that out, I can
1: stream for all of you. Yay. All right, so note note to self for everyone out there, if you're racing Tim in an official or any kind (laughs) of league, just make sure you... The the radio button. (laughs) That's right. Just make sure you hold down your push-to-talk button and you're guaranteed a free position. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, and also I might run into you. (laughs) True. AJ, which one of the 400 uh, race series is we're going to see you in this week? I'm guessing there's some Scott support races on.
0: Yeah, this weekend, it should be the Porsches at... um... At uh, what's the Austrian track? Red, Red Bull, Bull Ring. Ring. Red Bull Ring. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that'll be interesting. I really like that track, and I really like that car. So, that should be good side-to-side racing, and then, um, and yeah, a little bit of practice potentially for the 12 hour in two weekends time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll be on sim Speed in the uh, in the support uh,
1: broadcast. Try not to make a fool of myself. Sounds good. I will be running some laps at Red Bull Ring as well. I'm trying to pre-qualify for Scops. So I really look forward to doing my ignition and starter simulator test and see how many times I can reset my car in the amount of practice I did. I think last time I tried to pre-qualify for Scops, I did 120 laps and I think about Nine of them actually finished the lap, so we'll see. Hopefully, we do a little bit better at Red Bull Ring this time. Um, It's a track I've done before in the V8, so at least I'm not starting from a completely flat base of not knowing how to drive uh, the V8 around Montreal. Uh, SRW this week heads to Le Mans in the V8, so that's going to be an interesting uh, battle. A couple of things I'm going to have to think about if I'm towards the front of that front pack with fuel and and things like that or or if i'm off by myself um yeah that's going to be an interesting little battle um and then i guess i maybe might finally decide to buy sebring as well maybe and i might try and do some practice if we decide to get a 12 hour as well yeah that's right i don't own sebring i (laughs) own just about every single other track but i've managed to avoid having to buy sebring (laughs) so That's something different. I really do need to chuck up a stream at some point, so if you do want to follow me for the one time I might get that stream back up, uh, feel free to jump on and follow me at the One D Wade uh, Twitch slash the One D Wade. Uh, if you want to see any of the YouTube videos I put up, which have been very scarce recently, uh, you can find that on one the, at the One D Wade on YouTube. And if you want to hear me talking about anything else, uh, sport or otherwise related, you can find me at Braden Talks on Twitter. I reckon that might be a wrap. Uh, Make sure you guys uh, check out all the Locked On channels, lockedonlads.com forward slash discord, uh, Locked On Lads on Facebook. Make sure you check out Wilco. Um, He is at Locked On Lads on Twitch. That's where you'll find Wednesday night's broadcast of the Xfinity series. He's been doing a really great job of that and massive improvements from the first couple of weeks. So shout out to Wilco and Carl Withy who have been running that. And the Locked On Lads Facebook page. Did I forget anything? Sounds good. Don't think I did. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you all next week. Take care.